You are listening to the Space Tastic Mysteries podcast. We are concluding the Space Base LVN novel, the second series now called Strange Phenomena, which is the second novel in Anagale Line's Space Base LVN series. This is episode 25, The Conclusion. If you have not subscribed, do so now. And if you are on YouTube, hit the bell to be notified of new episodes. Join us next week for a whole new series taking place in the same universe, where we follow a medical team on the Mobile Alliance Star Vessel Hospital, the Light Years, at the front lines of the Freedom Alliance Crimson Fleet War. While I talked to Tony, Hook worked on overriding the locked doors to Command Central. As he rushed in, Reed called over my comlet. I need two minutes, Colonel. I am going to stun the people currently in Command Central. Once they are stunned, you will be able to go in and hack into the system to stop this tragedy. Just as she gave us the all clear, Hook opened the doors. We moved into Command Central, stepping over the bodies on the floor, to get to the command workstation. The countdown ticking in our ears, cementing the reality foremost in our minds. In a few minutes, Hook said, try it now. No, we heard from the access tunnel above Command Central. It opened and several men and women jumped on us, knocking us to the ground. As I got up, they tried to shoot at Tony, the guards and me. We exchanged gunfire for several minutes, hiding behind chairs and workstations, while I shouted out, Chip, stop self-destruct sequence. Authorization Polo, Hotel, Echo, Alpha, Romeo, Lima, Lima, Delta Kilo Echo. Self-destruct sequence aborted, came the computer's response. Chip. One of the women said in my voice, start self-destruct sequence polo, hotel, echo. Voice does not match the one we have on file, Chip responded. Voice recognition must match and authorization must be given by Colonel Madrid and three generals, and all the voice recognitions must match to comply with this order. Chip. The person demanded. Why did you shut off the self-destruct with only, wrinkling her nose, her command? The person who deactivated the self-destruct matched that of Colonel Madrid. The voice prints of General Graham, General Ruland and General Leonardo confirmed her order. A group of people burst through the doors and screamed, IIB. This gave Tony and I time to knock the guns out of the people's hands. The people who jumped from the access tunnel try to run past the group, only to be seized by them. Tony and I helped the group disarm the people and cuff them, leading them all in a single file line to the brig. It took quite a while to process them and get them into cells. Tony and I watched from afar. I was a little afraid you were going to kill that guy, Tony mentioned. You were gripping his arms pretty tightly. It looked like you went into your own world. I continued to feel all the emotions and memories of the prisoners. I felt disconnected. I heard what Tony said, but I couldn't respond. The memories and emotions paralyzed me. I could not move and lowered to the ground. I heard my father in my head. Hang in there. I am rounding up every indigoid on this space base, and we are going to join and fix this. I promise. Stay calm, and we will be right there. I heard Tony screaming out my name and calling Drew. I fell to the ground, writhing, as I listened to the memories of Zeitvershadites and those they killed. My stomach sickened as I listened to horrifying graphic memories of how my own people were murdered in cold blood over land. I felt Drew put a dying monitor on my arm. Then I heard my father scream, Drew, get out of the way. Then I felt a ton of people touch me, smothering me underneath them. 
slowly but steadily, I started to return to normal. Once I nudged the people off me, I sat up. What happened? I questioned, looking around at my father, sisters and children staring at me. We need to get you out of here, my father instructed, helping me to my feet. I will explain outside of here. Drew followed me and my family out into the hallway. My father explained, she is an uber empath, and she was absorbing all the memories and feelings of the Zeitvershadites in there. So much that it was short-circuiting her gift, but more than that, it was killing her. I brought all the indigoids I knew together to absorb some of that off of her. I have only seen it happen two other times. I watched her grandmother, my mother, die because we did not know what to do to help her. I reached out and touched his hand. I am so sorry. We named you two after her, he told me, then looked to Ali. Her name was Alexandria Allison Madrid. Allison was her mother's maiden name. For the first time, I actually feel a part of this family, Ali admitted, darting her eyes around the group, because we worked together to save one of our own. Aunt Ali, you are family, and once we know about family, we do not abandon them, Samantha told her. She looked back at Drew and asked, Papa, you can check on Mama and Sophie now. Drew moved through the crowd and selected several options on the screen before assessing, they are both fine. I am, however, taking her away for the weekend to somewhere other than here. Alone time just her and me. Isn't alone time how we got Sophie in the first place? I questioned, then noticed Ethan. Hello, old friend, I am surprised you couldn't have saved me on your own since you are an uber empath like me. I couldn't feel anything from him. I rose my eyebrows. I am still affected by them. Not as much. Why don't you seem to have any signs of distress? Why can't I feel your emotions? My eyes widened in alarm. Oh hell, they turned you into one of them. What do you mean turned him into one of them? Dad required, staring at me. Are there indigoids that have been turned into Zeitvershadites? Yes, Ali and I said in unison. We looked at each other. Then I explained. There are Zeitvershadites who inhabited Indigoids and Orthoids bodies where the Zeitvershadites has taken complete control. There are Zeitvershadites who kill the humanoid by being in their bodies because the humanoid would not give up control, and there are the humanoids who manage to regain control. I looked to Ethan and said with grave deliberation, I don't understand how you could do this, how you could not fight for your daughter. Ethan spoke in a scary, baritone voice. She has already been assimilated into the Zeitvershidete culture, and I am joining her. He reached out to put his hands around my neck, squeezing my throat. You need to die for what you are doing to the Zeitvershidites. What I am doing, the Zeitvershidites committed genocide on my people, Ethan's people, and I am the one in the wrong? You murdered people in their beds, killed innocent children in school. All because you believe that the Indigoids chased you off Romeo 8. We are not your enemy, but you are definitely ours now. You are the time traveler who is sent to destroy our race, Ethan screamed, crushing my vocal cords. Guards pulled Ethan off of me and ushered him away. Drew examined the marks on my neck, studying my readings. You and baby Sophie seem to be okay. I am going to keep an eye on you. I would not expect anything less, I decided, pulling myself off the ground. I am going to my office to catch up on work and rest. Then I walked past them to the travel tram at the end of the hall. A few hours later, Tony and Victoria moved into my office. Tony advised me, 
We are done processing all the Zeits and Ethan and are taking them to India 7 to be tried by a joint court of Zeitverschadites and Indigoids, which is the way Romeo 8 handles their cases. Victoria sighed, then told me, this is what they are programmed to do. At this moment, we have the kingpins in custody. I nodded. I am tired of this war and so are the supervisors, so my grandparents are setting up negotiations between the Indigoids and the Zeitverschadites. It is going to take a while, but I am hoping we can hammer out a peace treaty that will cause both sides to cohabitate with each other. I don't know, Victoria decided, running her fingers through her hair. There has been a lot of bad blood and a lot of bloodshed. Ali wants to help negotiate the treaty because she has lived among the Zeitverschadites and has a better understanding of their needs and wants than we do. Sounds like Ali has found a place to use her suffering for good instead of evil, Victoria returned. I am glad that she is going to find her place in this galaxy. It is going to be a long, hard process for Ali, I maintained, meeting Victoria's gaze. I do think that she would be a good addition to the supervisors with Aiden, forging a new relationship between the Zeitverschadites and the Indigoids. Victoria agreed, nodding, I can see that. Doesn't she have to go through formal training to be on the supervisors? Specifically since she was not raised among her other siblings. I pressed my lips together, then decided, no more than politicians on earth have to go through formal training before they take office. However, if that is something Ali wants to do, the Camrys will take her under their wings to make sure she is ready. I looked over at Tony and said, what I cannot figure out is who wrote the note in the cafe. It was in Indigoid, but then when we went to meet them, they were gone. Tony folded his arms across his chest. Maybe Kane? Your encounter with him did happen right after that. I nodded. Maybe so. There is a gathering tonight in Obsidian if you feel up to going. Victoria advised, giving me a once-over when she saw me slowly nod, but I look forward to visiting with you later. I think, though, that Tony and I will leave. Send him in. I can feel him in the waiting room. I told them, then watched as they disappeared out the doors. A few moments later, the doors split open again to reveal Drew, who hung out sheepishly by the doors. I stood, moved around the desk and sat on the couch near the entrance. I patted the seat next to me. He took that seat. Drew, sweetheart, I was thinking that you and I could take a few days and go stay in the vacation house on India 7. Just you and me. Ali and my father are going to take care of the kids. Drew inched closer to me, putting his hand on one side of my face. He pulled it forward and brushed his lips across mine. I returned his kiss. We kissed back and forth for a few minutes. I think we should have some time away with all that happened. I know you think that me and Sophie could use some rest after what happened earlier, and I think you can use it after. Drew pulled me closer and danced his lips over mine again, intensifying it. After a few more moments of back and forth, I broke away. You okay with us going to India 7 for a few days? A few days, a month, a year, as long as I am with you, Drew said, tilting my head to the side and nibbling on my neck. I only smiled. All was right in my world for the moment. The end. Again join us next week for a whole new series taking place in the same universe, where we follow a medical team on the Mobile Alliance Star Vessel Hospital, the Lightyears, at the front lines of the Freedom Alliance Crimson Fleet War.
You have been listening to the Space Tastic Mysteries podcast. If you'd like to learn more about Anagale, you can go to anagalelines.com. It's A-N-N-A-G-A-I-L-L-Y-N-E-S.com. And there you can download the first book in the Space Base LVN series called The Last Chance Station for free. You can also buy her other science fiction books on the website, Amazon, BN.com, Lulu and many other online outlets. Also sign up for the newsletter to keep updated as to what's going on in the world of the Anagail Lines podcast, her motivational podcast that helps women live significant lives and Space Static Mysteries podcast. Follow her on social media, Lady Anagail on TikTok, Anagail Lines on Twitter and Anagail Lines Artist on Instagram. Join our Facebook page at facebook.com backslash author Anagail. Thank you for listening, and thank you for being you.